Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections podcast. I'm your host, Christopher McClellan. Our podcast offers the stories of fascinating residents who are proud to call the Terraces at Bonita Springs home, as well as our terrific team members who are dedicated to support and improve our residents' lives. To learn more about the Terraces at Bonita Springs lifestyle, visit us online at theterracesatbonitasprings.com or call us at 239-306-5018 and be sure to subscribe to the Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. On today's episode, we would like to introduce you to our resident service director, Patty Wilson. Drawing on her nursing background and soothing style, Patty's residence meetings, getting chatty with Patty, are well known for fielding residence questions and easing any concerns, which plays a major part in meeting the individual needs of all our residents. Throughout the episode, you'll clearly hear of Patty's passion in serving our residents while getting an inside perspective of her role as our resident service director. I know you're going to enjoy my conversation with Patty as much as I did. I'll see you on the other side of the podcast. Well, greetings, Patty, and welcome to another episode of the Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections podcast. It is a delight to visit with you today. As it is a pleasure to be with both of you. Oh, you know, Patty, what I I love about doing these podcasts is I get to talk with awesome people that in most cases I never would have gotten the chance to talk to. And what what I've noticed as I've read a little bit about you is you've really found your passion in working with seniors. That is true. I find what I do to be a ministry of sorts, caring and tending for the people in my charge. So tell me, what is a day in the life like for the resident service director at the terraces at Bonita Springs? Day. Okay. Every day is different. (laughs) Um, But a typical day starts out with I come into work ready to go, try to get my paperwork done, uh, usually before 10 o'clock because the residents are usually starting to come out and about by 10. It could start earlier if I get an an emergency call from one of the residents' apartments. I would go up there and check in on my resident. But normally throughout my day, it's always fielding questions from my residents or tending to whatever their need is. They're very, you know, they're acclimated to this environment, but they really need the support from the employees that work here. And as resident director, they know that they can come to me for anything. And if I don't have the answer or have the solution, I will find it. So we have a, you know, throughout the day, it's almost like walking through your home throughout the day. Mm -hmm. What are you going to tend to is whatever is happening at that moment. Is it, like I said, a medical need? Is it a spiritual need? Is it just to talk? with your resident or sit with them while they're enjoying uh, an activity. It can be just about anything throughout the day. So it's uh, it's kind of like multitasking, yet uh, being present to individuals as the day goes by. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, My residents, when they inquire or have a need, 
they know and they've come to trust that if they ask me, I'm, I'm going to follow up and follow through and get them what they need. So I'd be intrigued to know how your background in nursing helps benefit you in this role. My nursing background benefits me in this role because when you're dealing with an independent living environment, as a resident service director, you want your residents to age in place for as long as they can. With the nurse background, you have that opportunity to be able to see that they're doing it safely. If they're not doing it safely, then you step in and you get them the services that they need to remain safely in their apartments. So the background, that background has been a joy and a blessing for me really throughout my, my life. But it really, for the residents here, they've come to really rely on me for those kind of things. So uh, what a, a health question or a doctor referral or any of those kind of needs. So my nursing background has been pretty instrumental in this position, especially when I walked into this position. We were mid-COVID, and the requirements in in independent living and skilled and assisted living changed. So um, I had to turn my hat from being a resident service director to being that of the nurse. You know, I had to keep an eye on my residents. So it, it has been instrumental, really, in what I do here in developing relationships. And it really is all about relationships and developing and individual components of that relationship so that their residents feel comfortable and can sit down with you and, and so that you could feel comfortable with them to provide them with the, the best care that you possibly can. Absolutely. When I first came on board, you're just like any other uh, new person. And they don't trust you yet. Right. They don't trust you. And they don't like you at first when you come on board. And I knew that coming in. My life, I've experienced that everywhere. The one thing I did know is that they will come to know me and they will come to trust me because I'm a person who does what I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. If you call and leave a message, I'll follow up. And I knew that after I'd been here uh, a while, they would know. So that by my actions, not by my words, but by my actions. And right. that's where we're at today. I have a great, a great relationship with the residents here. As I have a little inside information with you, maybe I could, maybe I can think you played the guitar and did some singing with them. Well, I actually have. Um, <laughs> though my activities uh, and my lifestyles director hasn't really signed me up for anything, though I volunteered, Mm -hmm. probably a little intimidated on her part. However, (laughs) during Holy Week, we had, of course, we were in COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. So my team, I've been very blessed to have a great, a great team with wonderful talents and to also actively participate in their Catholic communities. So we were able to, I was able to do a Good Friday prayer service with the residents. Um, And I came in and played all the music of Good Friday. We did all the readings for Good Friday. And it was a beautiful, moving experience that I had with them. I sing with residents. I've not really brought my guitar in since then. Again, my lifestyles director, I think, is a little intimidated by that. But I'll win her over yet. Well, I'm waiting for that hurricane hurricane warning to come into effect, as I did in the other facility I was in. I come in bringing my guitar. No better distraction than just sitting there singing with everyone. Yeah, well, as we're recording this 
podcast and you're on one side of Florida and I'm on the other. We're, we're both watching the hurricane. Yes, we are. <laughs> the hurricane and, weather report right now. Yeah, but, we're watching that tropical storm and the one behind it coming. But you've worked in healthcare the majority of your career. You really find it rewarding. I have. I've been working. I started uh, when I um, graduated from high school uh, working as a, C- a CNA mm-hmm. while I went through school. And it was there that I fell in love with senior care. It's amazing the small things that you do for someone have a long lasting impact on the person that receives it. And it just it's just so it's to me rewarding. I always say I, I'm probably not going to go to heaven because I reap such joy from what I do now. You know, so I'm getting my joy on earth doing what I love to do with these residents and my patients. It's just wonderful. And to be able to uh, to give back to the residents in such a variety of ways, let's just put it out there. It is a, it is a feel-good experience. It is. I mean, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time it is. not. A hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. but I guess even in, in situations that aren't exactly the best, you still get something out of it as well. So. Right. And you're kind of leading into my next question because we, you know, we don't want all live in a Pollyanna world, but there either, there are, would be some challenges that you could have on a day-to-day basis. Can you talk a little bit about, a little bit about that? The challenges that I have, I guess, and it's maybe not so much that I have, that my residents end up having is that for me as a resident service director, my goal is to allow my residents to age in place for as long as they want. I work in a CCRC, a continuing care retirement community. And the residents that buy into this environment buy into it because they know they'll have care for the rest of their lives. They want the care. They come for many reasons. One, their children don't live here. They want to ensure they've got that care when that when it's time for the care. Or two, they don't want their kids to take care of them. So they come in here. They want to have this environment security. But when it comes time to actually think about transferring to a higher level of care, they don't want to transfer. So my job is to, one, either allow them, I want them to age in place safely. But when it comes time to actually talk about transferring to a higher level of care, it's always very difficult because the residents don't really want to transfer to a higher level of care. They would love to stay in their apartment. And for me, I think one of the difficult things is when you actually have to tell them you can no longer stay in your apartment safely. But I walk with them hand in hand. We're all in the same community. All the neighborhoods are here. And whether they're in independent living or they go to assisted memory or skilled, we walk that walk with them. We're still here. The residents are still here. They still visit their friends in all the different neighborhoods when COVID isn't restricting us. So I think once that's probably the most difficult is telling them you can't stay. Yeah, I have to transfer you. Right. But it, it always works out. But it always works out in the end. And they always are where they need to be at the right time. Because one of the one of the many benefits of the terraces at Bonita Springs is having that continuum of care. And when those times come, when we have to move to a different level, you know, on, on the surface, we know that it's there. But then convincing ourselves that it's time to do that can be difficult. And you're there really to advocate on their behalf for their care. 
Absolutely. One of the things that I do is I'm, I'm very open um, with my residents about what I what my goals are for them, and that would be to remain safely in their apartments. We have this conversation multiple times and reinforcing that I'm going to back you and support you to be able to live in the community mm-hmm. that you want to for as long as you can, what, whatever neighborhood, but, but also to let them know that we will make that decision together. I've never seen, I guess in my community, it's different. We have very educated residents who have done very well in their careers. So they, mm-hmm. They probably more than other CCRCs have the ability to stay longer financially in their home because they can provide the care that they need. So I am able to do that for them because they have the ability to do it. But they all know that there's a certain level and they know what that level is. And when it gets to that time, we're all along, we've had these communications. It's never a surprise with my residents. And uh, do you intercede and interact with the family as well when these decisions are made? Oh, absolutely. When we get to that point where we know, when I see a resident decline, when I have the discussion with the resident, if they're not open to my suggestions, I always bring in the family member. There's many ways to keep a resident safe in their apartment. You know, through COVID, our residents, we saw a physical decline from isolation. We saw emotional declines from isolation. So when I was able to see that, when I would meet one-on-one with the residents, I I was able to then in turn be able to offer them other services. I brought in, when I came on board, I brought in a local physician to see our residents on in in our clinic on the health, on the independent living side. So I work hand in hand with him and our residents have migrated towards him and have become, most of them have become his patients. So we (laughs) really have the resident, we have the family member, myself and the physician who kind of all work together to ensure our residents needs are being met. And if they can't be met, what can we do to get them met? whether it be physical therapy, maybe they they may need to see another physician, a psychologist, or whatever their needs are. We work as a team, and that has allowed us to keep our residents longer where they would like to be, which is in their homes. I'm not really sure how to ask this question, so if it doesn't come out uh, correctly, pardon me, but I'm wondering, in these conversations that you have with uh, the residents when it's time to transition What have you learned in that process? Well, what I've learned is they already know it's time to go. Right. It's just a matter of hearing it from other people, but not just hearing it, but hearing why. They already know, but they really need to hear why. Right. When they hear it, I'm open. I'm honest. I'm not going to lead them in the wrong direction. I'm going to be honest whether they're the resident's personality that needs it sugar-coated or they need it straightforward, mm-hmm. I am able to do that and um, provide it to them honestly. And the good part about it is that with the open-door policy I have with family members and the resident and the physician, we're able to, to be able to meet those needs for our residents. And when it's time to transfer, everyone's on board and we're all in agreement. With a continuing care contract, the contracts do state 
we can make that decision for you when it's time to transfer. Mm-hmm. Our goal is never to make that decision. Our goal is to allow them to make the decision, giving them all the information they need to be able to do it on their own. And I think another one of the benefits of your role as the resident service director, where you get to get the opportunity to know each resident and their families on an individual basis, you can, it's easier to to decipher who needs the direct, (laughs) direct conversation or who needs to be prodded a little bit. And it helps, I guess it helps you in in those conversations as well. Oh, absolutely. Coming on board, this is probably a, a, I think, a more smaller, unique community, which makes it that much better to have the opportunity to really establish those relationships with the resident and with, with their family members. My famous quote you will always hear me say to a resident or to a family member or to um, the doctors, call me if you need me. Don't be afraid to call me. Call me if you need me and I will be there. So I have a great relationship with the residents and as they with me. I think that's another one of the added benefits of the terraces of Punita Springs is that boutique type of lifestyle that's there where where the residents and the staff really get to interact with each other and you you know each other on a personal basis. Absolutely. It's just um, an extension of your family. When we meet with the residents, I also hold two monthly meetings every month. It's called Getting Chatty with Patty. And <laughs> I like our that. residents, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Our residents have the opportunity to sign up and come and talk And that's our opportunity where we share information with each other. It's just uh, reinforce things that are happening within the community. And it's it's an opportunity for us. It's just more opportunities for these relationships to build with our residents, with my residents. I call them mine. Well, you should because, yeah. They are. And it's just like they have said to me in those meetings at Chatty Patty, when we talk about the challenges we're faced through COVID, they never like to see a resident, an employee leave. And they say to me, Patty, I think of this resident, this pay, this employee, excuse me, I think of this employee as a, a member of my extended family. And it hurts them. It was a them. high compliment. Yes. And it hurts them when a member of their extended family is no longer there to help them. I feel they're an extended part of my family and they feel the same about me. Like I said, coming on board initially, that was a a challenge I knew I would have to overcome. They were feeling you out. Yeah. And I overcome it just simply by um, my actions. And we have just, I mean, I have residents that tell me openly that they love me. And it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, Patty, I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom today. And I'm really glad I got the opportunity to get chatty with Patty today. (laughs) As I with you, too. (laughs) I appreciate your time and the great work that you're doing at the terraces. And I, I look forward to meeting you down the road. Absolutely. We'll have to do that. Thank you for having me today. Uh, It's been wonderful. Patty has certainly found her passion serving our residents as the resident service director. And for Patty, this is not just a job, it's a calling. And I personally loved getting chatty with Patty all throughout this podcast. To learn how you can get chatty with Patty, as well as our enriching lifestyle at the Terraces at Bonita Springs, please visit us online at theterraces at bonitasprings.com or call us at 239 
306-5018. And be sure to subscribe to the Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections Podcast, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Christopher McClellan. We'll see you for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye for now.